We have to explain it again and again. We're not the body. Please try to understand this. We're not the body. We're spirit soul. Because until you understand that, life will have no meaning and no purpose. All the purpose and meaning will be temporary, shallow, unfulfilling, unsatisfactory, and never wind up at a good place. For we have to know that's where we have to begin. And if we don't begin there, we don't begin. You know, the benefit of having podcasts on Wednesdays is that every Tuesday we have our class. <laughs> and usually on Tuesdays when we meet people, I have a lot of inspiration and a lot of you know, we speak after the class, there's a lot of questions and a lot of, a lot of things come up. So I do have some idea in my head, <laughs> you know. All right. I, uh, What's, what is it? Well, <clears throat> something that, that it seems like it's, it's kind of difficult for me to answer, but, but I'm wondering, you know, how, how you can see that from a Vedic perspective is, is the, uh, a lot of people maybe more now than before, I, I, I don't know, just seems to be a little bit lost in their lives and, and needing help to like, which, which direction should I go and, and how should I set up my life? How do, I, how do I essentially know which direction will be beneficial for me to, to go in life, which things I should do and what, what like, because they have some, like this girl that I spoke to, she had some, yearning in her heart and she was <laughs> I, I was quite impressed she'd she'd done a three-year uh, bachelor she was just in the end of the bachelor in the south south part of norway and uh, she had one exam left on the before she could get the bachelor's degree and uh, she, it ended up like she failed the, the exam she was going to take it again the re-test or re-exam and and when she when she did, there was some issue with her hand or something made it so that she failed the exam and she failed the exam the, the third time as well. And she just decided, no, I can't do this. Like, this is so against what my heart wants me to do. So she moved back to Tromsø again and she was very happy to, to be able to join our classes up there. And, uh, and but, but she, now she's like, she knows that that wasn't what her heart said, but, but how to know and how to know which direction to go and how to follow your heart and what which direction to go in life. That's kind of a, that's, that's. Well, definitely we got that. answers. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, so. That's <laughs> no problem to give the answer, whether they'll accept the answer or not. I yeah. don't know, but. Well. You know, yeah. there's the true answer and then there's all this other stuff that really you know, doesn't really solve anything. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, this, this concept of follow your heart, you know, that start. I don't know when it started, but it became popular during the hippie thing. Maybe. And basically yeah. all that really translates to is do what you feel like you want to do. Yeah. You know, it's not, you know... Oh, I want to do this, so that's what I should do. And 
So basically, in many, many cases, people are following their heart because that means I'm following my desires. You know, so this exam, I mean, this schooling she took in the mm -hmm. exam and so on like that, obviously it wasn't what she really wanted to do in the first place. Yeah. You know, she was doing it because, you know, peer pressure, society, rules or yeah. parents or whatever reason. Yeah, yeah. I need to get this education so I'll have a good future. Yeah. I'll have an education. I can get a good job. You know, I'll be somebody. I won't just be an uneducated, you know, person. You know, I can therefore be somewhat proud of, exactly. you know, myself. And, exactly. But, you know, even a, a, a bachelor's degree now is like nothing. No. I mean, like, you don't have anything. Now you got to get your master's degree to be what you used to be be able to be with a bachelor's degree, now you got to get a master's or a doctorate because master's yeah. is master's like, already getting <laughs> not much going on now. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just like, oh, that's all you got. Yeah. You know, so you're stuck in this whole concept of education. I got to get this and then this and then this. So you, you get through it all and it's not easy. Yeah. I mean, for some people it might be, but in general it's not easy. It costs a lot of money, <laughs> you know. And then so you, you got the master's or the doctorate or whatever you wind up with. And what do you got? Now you're obligated to do something you probably don't want to do anyway. Exactly. <laughs> because you put so much time and energy and money into getting this thing. Now... You can't not do it. And the pressure is in so you. Yeah. Yeah, so you're still in the same place you were before you started. <laughs> the, pr the pressure is even higher because now everyone knows that you've got the degree. Like I, I have a master's degree in civil, you know, civil engineer degree in, in environmental engineering and I don't work with it. And then it's even, the pressure is even higher for me to, <laughs> to follow through. Exactly, <laughs> you know. And I remember in my, in my life, I was... You went to school, and at that university, and at that time, everybody was becoming an engineer. I mean, that was just like mm -hmm. 90% of the people. Mm -hmm. But I went to a university that was kind of like more oriented toward farming and and so on and so on, you know. And so I decided, okay, I'll go there and get a degree in, what was I going to get a degree in? Zoology, I think. Because mm. I liked hunting, I liked animals, I liked <laughs> being out in nature and whatever. Then I started scuba diving. And so I was very attracted to the ocean. Mm -hmm. So I said, well, I'm going to change it, not zoology, but marine biology. Mm -hmm. With the concept that I will be able to just scuba dive for a living. I'll be able to do that. So... I was taking the proper courses to do that. But, of course, in the beginning, it's just all basically the same courses. You specialize later, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, yeah. anyway, I was with the same guys that were taking the course for pre-med, you know, doctors and whatever. We all went through the same basic training. Then after I graduated that summer, I was going to go to, in the fall, to a, a 
Hawaii, actually, to uh, a marine biology school. But by now, I'd started surfing. And I kind of lost interest in scuba diving because surfing was much more fun than scuba diving. But anyway, I still had the idea of marine biology. Mm-hmm. And then there was a group of marine biologists. I was working at the, as a waiter at this restaurant on the beach. And this group of marine biologists had a convention there at a big hotel up the beach, the Carolinian Hotel. Many of them. And one day they all came down to our restaurant for lunch. And the whole restaurant, and it was kind of before the season. It was in late May. And so we didn't have much business. And they filled up the whole restaurant. And I was waiting on these guys. Uh And I saw the guys that I was going to have to spend my life with. Uh All these scientists, these nerdy kind of guys, you know, thick glasses, you know, just not cool at all. And I just went, man, there's no way I'm going to spend the rest of my life with these kind of people. <laughs> and so I just completely gave it up, man. I just said, really? I'm not going to do this. Really? <laughs> that, that was my decision maker. You know, so I, I said, I'm just going to, you know, but I still, you know, was going to go to Hawaii because I had a scholarship to to do this marine biology uh-huh. thing. Uh-huh. So I said, well, I'll go, you know, anyway. And my parents were expecting it. And yeah, 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 yeah. And so I went to Hawaii. Why Hawaii? I told my parents, because they got a really good marine biology, you when, know, when, curriculum. But it really, well, really was, it was because of the surf. It had nothing to do with <laughs> the marine biology. <laughs> so... You know, I'd already decided in my mind, I'm not going to do any of this stuff. You know, <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to surf. So yeah, the day yeah, I was supposed yeah, to yeah. go register at university for my degree, you uh-huh. know, to, to begin uh-huh. my uh, study, I just woke up that morning and I went surfing. Man. But I never told my parents for a long time. And one day they wrote me and they said, are you in university? Do you, we kind of feel like maybe you're not, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> and I said, yeah, man, <laughs> I know I'm not. <laughs> and then I joined the Coast Guard to keep from getting sent to Vietnam, and, you oh, know, the whole story unfolded. But, you know, but along the way, I was doing what I wanted to do rather than what I was supposed to do according to, you know, yeah. society. Yeah, yeah. But I felt good about it. I felt really good about it. And then, you know, I was more and more interested in spiritual life, and that became very, very attractive to me. And, you know, the whole story goes. I started doing yoga. Down the road, a couple of years later, I met, you know, our spiritual master. And, and that's what I've done with my life. And I have no regrets, zero regrets, you know. So in one sense, I was following my heart you know, kind of doing what I wanted to do, but it was leading me in a good direction. Well, well how, but how do you know that? Like, how, how do you, how, how did you? <laughs> well, I know, I knew that I was comfortable with what I was doing. Yeah. I wasn't, you know, worried about, oh, you're not going to have any money. Oh, people won't think, you know, much of you because you don't really have an advanced education or, you know, you won't be a part of the society 
a functioning member of society. I didn't care about yeah, it. Yeah, you didn't care about it. You know, yeah. it just wasn't relevant to me. I don't care. You no. know, I'm doing what I want to do. <laughs> and so as long as it's not going in the direction of drugs and alcohol and, you know, stupid things and, you know, the things that obviously are bad for you. Mm. Because my mental condition was good. You know, I felt relaxed. I felt enthusiastic, ex- you know, excited about life and every day. And, you know, that's all good. Yeah. That's a good thing. Yeah. If you're all depressed because you feel like you're forced into doing things you shouldn't be doing, you know, you're not going to re- really get much out of that. No. You know, so, you know, a lot of these people that are in those positions, they, f- they become, you know, depressed or addicted to drugs or they have to be motivated by yeah, something yeah. that's I mean, not real. And, you you, you, you know, might even be kind of paralyzed by, by that because you're men- so mentally down, like in the... In the yeah. That you're not... And you out of that a, comes all kind of physical problems right, and right. relationship problems and, yeah. you know... So I wasn't struggling with any of that, you know. And so I'm just telling you what my experience was. Mm -hmm. Whereas if I'd have been spending the rest of my life with these scientists. (laughs) (laughs) It would be a different... I'm not saying anything against the scientists. That's what they were into. And I could see they were into it, but I wasn't. And I just wasn't you know, attracted to that. And there's nothing wrong with being into that and then living a yoga lifestyle. I mean, you can do that as well, but... Yeah, absolutely. You know, but each person's got their own individual journey to take. Yeah. But the bottom line out of all of this is is it's a spiritual journey that's only going to be beneficial. Because if I'd have just stayed a surfer, I mean, I knew many guys that did, that wouldn't have produced any good results in the long run, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, that would have been, you know, another basically hedonistic pursuit in life because it was just satisfying my senses mm-hmm. in that particular way. Yeah. You know, so, you know, for me, the spirit soul, it would not have had a positive result. Yeah. Yeah, but it's interesting that when we first started chanting, almost, I don't know, I won't say everybody, but a large percentage of the people that became seriously involved were surfers. Yeah. I mean, you could look around and see, well, yeah, this, and not only in Hawaii, but in Australia, because that was where a lot of people started as well, mm-hmm. you know? And it seemed like, Surfing kind of produced a, a certain mode of goodness outlook on life that was conducive to spiritual maybe pursuits. An, maybe an openness as well, in a sense that you've already you're already a bit outside society. So it's not you don't have the obligations of a of a you know nine to five job and all the yeah. all yeah. the family and all the things. But you're more free in a sense to adapt to adopt. And also, the ones who weren't surfers were hippies. (laughs) (laughs) Which is just what you said. They'd already, you know, make the choice to step out of society. And and just kind of do their thing, as the saying went in those days. (laughs) You know? And Bhaktivedanta Prabhupada, 
actually, he, he made it very clear. He's speaking to a, a large group of hippies. And he said, it's good that you've stepped out of society. But now, if you don't get involved in spiritual life, it'll be of no value. And it'll just lead to degradation. Wow. And so that was, that was what he told people to do. Wow. Because, you know, think about it a little bit. And we're not promoting stepping out of society. Don't get me wrong. But when, when Bhaktivedanta came to the West and saw the hippies, he also could see this is, you know, very different from, but somewhat like in India when people step out of society and become sadhus, you know, mendicants, sannyasis, etc. You know, so he, that's what he he could see that these people have already taken the first step, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but now they have to connect it with spiritual life, or it'll be just of no value at all and, and lead to just, you know, a bad result completely, you know. And he spoke straight and told them what they should do with their life. And, you know, many were open to that. Mm. Of course, many, many, many weren't. Mm. <laughs> but there was a lot of people that could could receive this message with with some feeling like, yeah, this is what I should do, you know, I, and did it, and they did it. I, I, I guess it just it seems like in that situation, it seems the, the the question would be, what, how do I then implement spiritual life in my life, and and how should I live my life? I mean, I so many times I've been speaking to people who who are trying to follow this process and interested in it, and but they don't know, you know, should I get this job? Should I quit this job? Like, what's my role in this? Where, where's, where do I fit in in the whole picture? And how can I adapt it to my life? <laughs> and, and uh... You know, the Vedas say that you should, in life, you should do that which comes easy to you. If you've got to over-endeavor to achieve some material goal, then it shouldn't be done. It's, it's, not, it's not correct. Well, many of our material pursuits certainly require over-endeavor. Uh, but that's the way we've been programmed in society. You know, you should just work hard and make it happen kind of thing. Yeah, so maybe you do. And for some people... That's that's easy for them to do it. I mean, when we say it comes easy, it doesn't mean you don't have to do anything, but it means it's easy for you to do it. Like you have the you have the inclination to do that kind of thing. Yes, if that's your propensity. Propensity. Mm -hmm. Like you know, some people are, are just have the propensity for business, and business takes a lot of effort, but it's not hard for them to do it. Yeah. Because it's what they want to do. They've got a passion for doing it. <laughs> and so, therefore, they could not do it. Mm -hmm. You know, they, that's just their inclination, their, their tendency, propensity, attraction, whatever, however you want right. to, you know, label it. And uh, so that should be some guideline. What is it? You know, like in Tromsø, you've got, you know, this person that we know only through uh, 
you know, his videos on the internet, it's this mountaineer oh, yeah. <laughs> guy, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, he's successful in his own right, you know, and he's just doing what is natural for him to do. He lives in the right place to do it. He's got the right association of the friends of his who want to do it. And they go, they make videos, and, you know, he's stoked. And yeah. <laughs> a lot of people that watch his videos are, are appreciative. And, you know, but it's easy for him to do it. But what he's doing is not easy. Yeah. Definitely not easy what I he's doing. Yeah. It's very difficult. You know, he's, he's mountaineering, if anybody mm. didn't mm. catch what I'm talking about. Mm. And we're not saying everybody should do that. That's just his particular thing that he's doing. Yeah. And then since that is his inclination, even even the work towards that goal becomes not such a big struggle, like even taking an education if you need to or doing whatever is required to put you in that situation. It's not such yeah. a big... Yeah. It doesn't come that hard. I mean, yeah, so I see what you mean. It's not about hard work because you definitely, spiritual life definitely can be hard work and, and arranging your it life. It is hard work. Yeah. It is hard work. You know. But if you if you can accept in your life, your consciousness, <laughs> number one, I'm spirit soul. I'm not this body. This is very important to, to understand. It's, it's the most important. I'm spirit soul. I'm not this body. So all these physical, material, mental endeavors that may enhance my material well-being is not really going to help me, the spirit soul. So even though I may feel good about it, and et cetera, on the material level, it's not really benefiting me, the eternal spiritual person that I am. And when all of this comes to an end, which is inevitable, then I really haven't gained anything for myself. So I really didn't do what I should have done for myself. So just Mm. satisfying my material desires, which is basically the following your heart thing, you know, it's not really what we should do for ourselves, the spirit soul, you know. The problem with following our heart is our hearts are contaminated with unwanted desires, material desires, material, you know, attractions and hopes and promises and whatever. So following that heart is is not advised. Following your heart, if the heart is purified, that is perfect. That's what the pure devotees of the Lord do. Their heart is pure. So what they're really following is the Lord in the heart, the supreme personality who is in everybody's heart, mine, yours, and every living entity's heart. So when our heart is pure, we are hearing his guidance, his direction. So when I'm following my heart, it means I'm following the Lord. I'm following his guidance for me in my life. Right. Which will be all good. There can be no bad advice, no bad direction. 
It's a perfect you know, plan. No perfect. bad suggestions. Yeah. It will all be perfect for our well-being, for our eternal happiness and satisfaction, see, and fulfillment. Yeah. So the point is we have to start discriminating between what is good for me materially and what is good for me spiritually. But we won't have any idea about any of this if I don't hear these truths. I was exactly going to say yeah. that. Because you need information to take that decision and to be able to discern between what is beneficial yeah. and what is not. Yeah. And So when I thought surfing was good for me, right. I didn't really have the full understanding of who I was and what was good for me. Yeah. It was just satisfying yeah. my senses and yeah. I very wonderful way yeah. but when i started hearing that message of truth that you're not the body your spirit soul you know and your eternal position is to grow spiritually that's the purpose in life to come to know and please the lord i didn't hear it so directly in the beginning i just heard it in a watered down or you know misrepresented way but the the message was was on a spiritual platform that was spiritual life was better than material life. I heard that message. And, and I could feel that was true. You know, it wasn't hard to see that, well, yeah, this is a superior way to live, you know. So then when I, you know, read more and practiced more and got involved more in yoga and meditation and so on, before I met my spiritual master, this became more and more priority. And I could see the, the shallowness of surfing. You know, it was great, it was wonderful, but it was shallow as far as life goes. Because I was now understanding there's deeper meaning to life. There's a depth there that you will never achieve on this surface, material surface level. Kind of like you're living in one dimension, but there's you suddenly realize, wait, there's another, there's two or three, or there's deeper. Like we talked there. about, I think it was the last podcast, how you, know, you just paddle around on the surface with a face mask and a snorkel and fins. You're not going to see that much of the ocean. But if you put on you know, scuba gear, and go down, you know, to 65 feet, 100 feet, 30 meters, 40 meters, 50 meters or more, there's a world down there that you would never see from the surface, you know. And there's a calmness and there's a peacefulness down there, like we were talking about the tsunami and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so anyway, it's not hard to understand that if you're open at all. I mean, if some... You know, marine biologist told you, well, you know, Reuben, you've seen, you've seen some amazing things on the reefs from, you know, your snorkeling experience, but you should go beyond the shallow reef into the real depths and see what's down there. And you could say, well, yeah, I believe you. You know, you wouldn't be, oh, I don't believe it. There's nothing else down there. This is all there is. You know, because intelligently, you would know this person's telling the truth. So it's like that if you've got any inclination toward knowing the truth and what to do with your life, 
when somebody presents spiritual knowledge, you're going to go, yeah, that makes sense. It's kind of like your intelligence is somehow purified as well, or you're, you're using your intelligence in the right way, like your yes, intelligence is helping yes. you. Yes, yes. Yeah. But intelligence needs knowledge. It needs to be based on knowledge. So your intelligence, first, first thing would be to, let's get more knowledge on this. Yeah. Let's let's receive more information. Yeah. I want to know more about this. You know. So they go to your class and they hear more. And then you give them a practice, which is unfortunately what most, you know, people don't have is a practice. There's a philosophy all over the place in many different <laughs> ways. But that's true. How many of those people actually have a practice that will purify them? And and a regular daily practice, you know, that can make it so they start hearing more, understanding more, their enthusiasm increases, their inquisitive nature increases, their interest increases. I told from the practice. I told this girl in the end we that because she 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 like she was wondering about so so what do I what do I do in, in in practice? Just like you say, a practical thing. And I told her, you know, if you just do this Garanga breathing, five ten minutes a day, it it will change your life. I'm I'm sure about that. You know, don't don't have any doubts. You you will everything will become so much more light and positive in your life. I I know that yeah. for a fact. Yeah. Mm. So just absolutely. Yeah. And if they'll do it, you know, if they're serious about bettering their life, let's say. Okay, I really want to know what to do in my life. If they really want to know, then they will be given the inspiration to do it. Exactly. Because the Lord in our heart knows everything that we think, feel, want, etc. Yeah. And if we're serious, He'll push us in a serious direction. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but... You know, the way we've been raised, the culture and so on, sincerity in spiritual life is like on the last place. <laughs> mm. So, you know, my, not many people are going to even entertain this approach to what should I do with my life. That's true. But there's yeah. nothing, but there's nothing, you know, but, I can do about that. Like, what, what can I, I mean, I can only... Nothing be, you can do about no, it. No, But she's she's fortunate because... Somehow she came to your program. Yeah. Yeah. And she, you said she was happy to come. So, and she asked a question. She revealed some, some information about her dilemma in life. Mm. You know, so that's all good. That's all a good sign. Yeah, it is. You know, because if you're, if you're just gonna, I mean, <laughs> if you're just gonna fake it till you make it, like the philosophy seems to be out in the world, then you wouldn't. You wouldn't say such a thing. You wouldn't. I mean, if you don't open up to you not knowing the way or or asking for help or needing help, then you won't get the help. You won't have this conversation. We won't have this information if yeah. if yeah. you don't dare to do that. So, right. Yeah. So you know, and once you've gained some enthusiasm for the process, it's not hard. No. You know, like like all those other endeavors we were referring to, 
They're hard, but they're not hard because you want to do it. Yeah. You know? It's true. So it's, it's easy to do it because you want to do it. Yeah, and if you want to do it, then e even the hard things become easy. I mean, it's like... Yeah, it's not physically... Look at all these endurance athletes. Yeah. Or any of these. <laughs> you know, what they do is so hard, but it's not hard for them to do it. In fact, they've dedicated their life to suffering. Really, I mean, yeah. what are, what is there saying? I've heard it several times lately. I'm comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, they've come to a point where they're very comfortable with being so uncomfortable that you and I can't even relate to it. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah. And they expect the pain. They expect you know, the nausea. They expect, you know, the, del the delirium almost from exhaustion. They expect that, and they're okay with that. And they, they train, and they, they're better and better at pushing through it. Yeah. And it's not a surprise when it happens, and they're not thinking, i got to stop, this is going to kill me. They know this is just normal <laughs> in, the, in what I'm doing, you know, and they just— get so good at it that they can come to the verge of death almost and carry on like, yeah, day in a life. Yeah. Yeah. And if somehow they're so, you know, debilitated by their physical exertion that they can't continue, they just can't wait to, to sort it out. Why did that happen? You know, was it the, the nutritional intake wasn't right? I wasn't eating the right thing. You know, I trained wrong before. Whatever. They're, they're analyzing it so they can overcome yeah. whatever caused that. Like a problem-solving consciousness, always ready yeah. to find out, find a way. So let's, let's make it better, man. Yeah. Let's, let's, so next time, that won't happen. Yeah. And that's how we should be in life. That's the point. So if you're like that in spiritual life, mm. you know, and, and we've got through our teachings all the answers why something adverse happens in spiritual life. It's not like a mystery. Some people say, well, I lost my enthusiasm. Well, let's look at what you did. What caused that? You know, and if, if it's analyzed by the individual themselves or, you know, somebody helping them, they'll see They got lazy in their practice. They just didn't do it. Or they did it, but just, you know, nonchalantly and just more out of obligation. And, or they hung out with the wrong people and the bad association, put doubts in their mind or undermined, you know, their, their practice or enthusiasm or faith or whatever it was. Or they stopped following some principles that, you know, polluted them, whatever. You can analyze and say, well, this is why, you know, don't blame the process. You've, you did it like these, these runners I'm talking about. Oh, I trained too overtrained. Hmm. Or I added this to my diet that didn't work. Or, you know, whatever, whatever. And uh, I let something else creep in that I shouldn't have, you know. So in anything, 
to be successful, you've got to be serious about it. Yeah. You have to be serious about it. Yeah. Mm. And if you are, then the Lord knows that. So if you're serious about spiritual life, you will be helped. You will get the opportunities on the the way forward and Yeah. Exactly. You know, like uh it's stated in the scriptures, if you take one step toward the Lord, he takes a thousand steps toward you. That's a pretty good ratio. <laughs> <laughs> you make one step, he makes a thousand. You know, I think we can see who's enthusiastic about our well-being. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, we shouldn't doubt this. So, in your, you know, relationship with this girl you talked about, you know, just all you can do, and you are, I know, the example, and you're convinced, and encourage her to come and, you know, explain. You don't have to accept all this at one time. Mm. If you accept one little thing, that's great. We're not asking you to believe and accept, <laughs> you know, jump in full on, you know. So like you said, five, ten minutes a day, Garanga breathing. Can you do that? Yeah, okay, so do it. You know, and she can somewhere down the road, you know, start doing some japa. Well, right. see. Mm -hmm. Come to more meetings, you know, make friends with you guys and um, see that it's 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 real. Yeah. Exactly. And she might even You know, be, here's uh, people. Yeah. What? She no, won't. no, she might even be listening into this. I mean I'll I'll send this recording to her. <laughs> She'll be <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, here's people who are real people and they're not a bunch of fanatics and, no. you know, they're healthy and they're happy and they're, you know, got some purpose in life and they're doing things to, to make it work and, you know, we all need to do whatever we need to do to make it work materially, but, mm. you know, it doesn't have to be some giant, all-encompassing career no no you know there's just gonna bury me no or no. or just diminish my see now this girl's got a a window of opportunity yeah. you know because she's not buried in study and she's not buried in some future entanglement so it's a window of opportunity that she should take advantage of. Now she's kind of like free to make a choice. Where am I going to go? I'm I'm at a crossroads. Yeah. See, she's not far down this way or far down another exactly, way. Exactly. Exactly. She's come back to a point where she can. Okay. Yeah. She's got. Yeah. No. Options. Right. Which is a, a very advantageous position. And see it like that, as a window of opportunity. Hmm? You know, we have to 
explain it again and again. We're not the body. Please try to understand this. We're not the body. We're spirit soul. Because until you understand that, life will have no meaning and no purpose. All the purpose and meaning will be temporary, shallow, unfulfilling, unsatisfactory, and never wind up at a good place. We have to. That's why Bhagavad Gita, you know, we talk about Bhagavad Gita all the time. Yeah. That's where the Lord Krishna starts his conversation with Arjuna. You are not the body. Never was there a time when I did not exist, nor you, nor all these kings, nor in the future shall any of us cease to be. That was the very beginning of that whole instruction, that whole enlightenment of Arjuna. And he explained it in many different ways and made a big effort for Arjuna to understand that. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the perfect example. For we have to know that's where we have to begin. Yeah. And if we don't begin there, we don't begin. <laughs> really? You know? Yeah. I mean, often people that are, you know, involved with some religion, you know, they don't understand that point either. Mm. No. You know, yeah, we're all God's children, whatever. But if you look at their real understanding, it's it's not really their full understanding or realization. Yes. You know? Yeah. So that's our main starting point and subject that we have to refer back to so many different times. And not only for other people, but for ourselves. I mean, we got to be reminded of that also. That's true. Every day. That's true. You know, it's not like, oh, I know that, but you don't know. Do we really know it? Or do I need to hear it again to remind myself? Yeah. Yeah, because we're living in a world where that is not a truth that's lived by and abided by and, and spread in any way. So, of course, we're covered over and by whatever's out there, yeah. since we are exposed yeah. to to society. Yeah. The ocean of material existence comes sweeping in and just covers us up. Hmm. Again and again and again. That's why you need a buoy. Is that the, what they call them, a buoy? It's having the ocean to hold buoy. on. Buoy. Buoy. Buoy to hold on to, yeah. No. We do, we do. And the spiritual master and the teachings, that's, that's the buoy. Yeah. But again, if we don't hear this again and again, we're going to hear the material story every day, all day. You are the body, this world's your home. You can be happy here. This is what you need to do. You know, eat this, pursue this, accomplish this, you know, enjoy this. I mean, you're going to hear that all day, every day. Mm. So we need to consciously, purposely hear the real truth every day. 
And the practice that we do, the, the mantra chanting and so on, you know, we ought to know this is for me, the spirit soul. This is my prescription for life. This is what I need to do. Wow. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I guess this this isn't planned it for her to <laughs> digest. <laughs> we, yes. Yeah. We can maybe chant have a kirtan. But it's, uh, it's yeah. you know the more you do it, the the more clear it becomes it. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. 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 This is what, you know, I need to do. That's really what's so special. Like you say, there's a practice here. There's not just this floating philosophy, believe it or you know, believe it or not, just accept it. No, there's a practice that you can do to to realize this, realize, make it real. Yeah. In your life. Yeah. Right. You know. And the practice is easy and it becomes more and more enjoyable. And that practice right now is going to be chanting Kuranga Haribo. So when we chant, you listen, and then when my friends here at the Chintamani studio chant, you chant with them.
Haribo Goranga. Haribo. Haribo. <laughs> oh, that's easy. Very nice. For sure. Everybody can sing. Sing is good for the soul, as they say. So that's the practice you can add to your life. It's available through us online. Yeah. You know, we can we can provide you with some opportunity if you so desire. If you desire. Yeah. That's the gist of it. <laughs> <laughs> that's the gist of it. If you desire, it's available. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. Thank you very much, Valkyrie, for... Thank you very much, Ruben. Very nice. Next Tuesday, maybe we'll, Wednesday, we'll have another Tuesday question. Yeah, we might. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah so. All right. So thank you all very much, and we'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you. Haribo. Namaste. All right. Namaste. Haribo. Thank you, Namaste.